Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. Heavenly Father, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own. And above all else, Lord Jesus, set our hearts on fire with a love for you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Please be seated. And uh, if you want to follow along with where we're going to be tonight, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. There should be Bibles in the seats in front of you. If you do not own a Bible, that one is now yours under the condition that you will read it. Um, If not, uh, take it. If it doesn't work out that you read it, bring it back. Come back and hear things again. That's what we'd love uh, to, to, uh, to have happen with you. If you are unaware this evening, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, I'm not sure how you could be here and be unaware of that if you just stumbled in here at five o'clock on a Sunday night when we're not normally here, but it is. It's Christmas Eve. It's the night before Christmas and Christmas Christ's Mass, the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And yes, this is marked as a season of rejoicing and a season of cheer and a season of family and a season of all of glitter and gold and lights. But if we're honest, it's the end of the year and we're a little bit weary. Right? We sing a song tonight that's one of my favorites and just beautiful poetry. It was a poem before it was a song as well. It goes like this. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. So even as we gather here tonight for perhaps a moment of respite from some of the difficulties of the world, we know that we come with weary hearts because this is a difficult world to live in. All of us over the course of this year have experienced things that are draining, weary, hurtful. We've experienced conflict. We've experienced sickness, death, war, politics, the Taylor Swift tour. All of these things happen. I'm sorry, every nine-year-old girl, I apologize. I was just joking. I promise uh, tonight. But it's a, it's a wearying world that we live in. Even tonight, there are many people that we love who even now are suffering and alone. And the world is weary not just because of the difficulties of 2023. The world is weary from the ancient and ongoing struggles that we have against our true and great enemies, Satan, sin, and death. The world's been weary since Genesis chapter 3. You heard the story tonight through all of the lessons that we read and the songs that we sang to, uh, to really drive those lessons home. The world has been weary for a long time, ever since sin entered into the world. And the story of the Bible is full of the effects of sin and how it's wearying to the people. It's full of stories that we can relate to of brokenness and relationships and discord and families and wars on a global level of physical sickness and confusion and enmity and shame and fear. So our current struggles are real and true, and they are part of a greater context of pain and suffering that has been the experience of humankind ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden. 
This is the state that we know well. Our lives have always been this way and always will be this way. And so it was true also 2,000 years ago when something astonishing broke in. In Luke chapter two, it says this, Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So this young woman named Mary gave birth to a child. And again, to give context to a lot of these things, Mary was probably a young teenager, okay? Uh, she was a young teenager. She was, uh, she was betrothed to be married, I mean, to be married. Mary was betrothed to be married. And, uh, and, uh, and you've, if you've been in church before, you've heard sermons on the fact that the fact that she was pregnant before she was married would have been quite scandalous at the time for both her and Joseph as well. And it probably didn't help the fact that she was like, no, no, it's fine. It's God's baby, right? Like that, that excuse doesn't work for anybody, right? Because it's never happened before. It's never happened since. Even though it was true at that time in the midst of all of this conflict and turmoil, this child is born, and it's a child that was, that was foretold to Mary and Joseph, and that his name would be called Emmanuel. It's one of his titles, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So what is happening here is that the one who has the ability to forgive sins, to heal our wounds, to remove our shame, to restore our families, to renew all things, has put on flesh and is dwelling among us here in our world. And Jesus, that's what I want you to see. Jesus didn't enter into a sanitized world where he was separated from our struggles and pain. He came to experience and share the same distress that we share. He was born to a poor family in humble surroundings. Now, contrary to, proper, to popular belief, he probably was not born in a stable. Um, when it says there was no room for him at the inn, what that really means is that they went to stay with extended family, but there were already people filling up the guest rooms. So they had to sleep in kind of the common area. They had to sleep on the couch, basically. Um, and they, they would let the animals in at night to keep them safe and such. So yes, he was put in the manger, um, but he was not born separate. This is what I want you to hear. He was not born separate, separated from the people out in some barn somewhere. He was born into a family at the holidays, which is not always a peaceful place. It wasn't a holiday until that day because he was born, right? Um, but, the, but they were there for, the reason they had traveled there also was for a census. Right? That's why they had come to Bethlehem uh, to, for a census. They traveled, they're all tired, they're all in the same house, there's crying babies, somebody's giving birth in the common room, like it was not, it was probably not very silent that night. It was probably the whole idea of no crying did Jesus make. Yes, he did. He cried. I promise you he cried. And so did all of the other people in the house who were up that night too. It was a difficult environment that he was born into, but beauty has broken into the shadow. 
something light, something new, something revolutionary has come to this ancient cycle of darkness and sin and weariness. He was not separate, but in the midst of us. The one who knows our weariness, has experienced our weariness, can relate to our weariness, and this is also the one who can do something about it. There's so much celebration around his birth. Why? Because Jesus is both God and man, man who knows our weakness and our sin and God who can overcome it in one person. The only one who can break this cycle that has been happening since the rebellion of Adam and Eve in the garden. The only one who can bring hope to this world is the one who created it. And now he has come. He has entered into this world to save this world. And so then this is where you get the story of, of, of the announcement of his birth and the announcement of this, this amazing child, this Jesus, God entering into this world was not brought first to the powerful and to the pretty and to the rich, but to the dirty, distrusted, looked down upon shepherd. And when, and when the angels appear to the shepherds, this is the famous words that you are familiar with and have heard tonight. There were shepherds out on the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom, with whom he is pleased. So what just happened here, shepherds just hanging out, middle of the night, normal kind of night. When one angel appears to them and the glory of the Lord shines around. Now this glory of the Lord is when we look back into the Old Testament, when Moses went up on the mountain and received the 10 commandments and the tablets and stuff, he came back down and his face was glowing so bright that the people were like, can you put a veil on Rudolph? You know, they're like, it's so bright. I can't, we can't even look into your face. And so he had to veil himself because the glory of the Lord shined all around or if you're not familiar with that story, at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? When everybody's face gets melted off, glory of the Lord. That's what that is. That's what happened right there. That brightness and that power is the glory of the Lord that has shown all around. This is the glory of the Lord that they're talking about here. Not just some kind of soundtrack, not just some kind of bright light, but the power and glory of the Lord. And then it says, a multitude of the heavenly host come. Okay, so the multitude of the heavenly host was not our grandchildren with tinsel coming down, uh, coming down the aisle. A heavenly host is rank upon rank of the army of God, right? I mean, you just rows and rows and rows of the, of the, the celestial army of God glowing with his glory. This is a big deal, right? I mean, this is a huge moment. This is not a subtle and, uh, and serene evening. This is why the shepherds, their response is fear. And the angel goes, no, 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 
you don't have to be afraid because all this, this is for you. This is not against you. This is for you. God himself is coming to defeat your true enemies of Satan, sin, and death. All of this, all of this power, all of this glory is found in the person of Jesus Christ, and it is not coming to squash you, but to redeem you and to save you. And so their fear turns to rejoicing and wonder. Shepherds, why this jubilee? We sing. Why, why all the singing? Why such a stir? Because the glory of, of the good news of Jesus' birth, what we call the incarnation, is that hope has come. The thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. For it is this child who was born this night who would grow to be a man and would carry the shame and weariness of our sin to the cross, to be laid in a tomb and then to rise again in victory over death itself. Our enemies, Satan, sin, and death, have been dealt a mortal blow. The thrill of hope. The death-weary world rejoices. We can rejoice tonight not because all has been made right, but because all things are being made new. We rejoice in the promise and the pursuit because this Jesus who died and rose again and ascended into heaven is going to come back, the scripture says to us again, in the same unexpected way that he came the first time. Just in a night when we don't know, maybe perhaps this night, perhaps before we wake in the morning, that just as God entered into the world suddenly and unexpectedly the first time, so he will enter again suddenly and unexpectedly, and he will make all things new. He will correct all injustice. He will heal all who are hurting. He will dry all tears. He will turn all mourning into gladness. It's this same Jesus who is born this night, who will return again. Emmanuel. God is with us even now. He's not distant and looking on. He's not, he's not far away from your suffering and pain, sort of shaking his head at you, going, why are you, why are you like that? He's walked where you have walked. He has hurt as you have hurt. He is reaching out to you, offering to carry your burdens and to give you joy in return. This Emmanuel, God is with us, whom the world knew 2,000 years ago, is still Emmanuel, God is with us, whom you can know tonight. You can know his forgiveness, his love, his joy that is greater than the effects of thousands of years of sin in the world and cannot be squelched by any of our current struggles. Jesus has come. You are not alone. You are no longer a slave to fear or shame or trouble or sin. The world does not end in despair, but with the coming of Christ again to renew all things. And so tonight, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. This this thrill of hope is what we celebrate tonight. And what carries us on throughout the year is the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. And if you hear but one thing this evening, I pray that this is what you hear. The hope in Jesus Christ for your life now and your redemption and your healing and your strength and the hope of the world to be renewed in him. So it ends, the sermon ends tonight with one question. 
Do you believe them? Do you believe what we're singing? Do you believe what we're celebrating? Why we do all of this festive stuff? Is all of this just some kind of winter custom that we have now? Or does the world stop for a moment to remember its greatest moment when God entered into it? And do you believe it? Because because if you do, it means everything. It means everything. And so if you say, yes, I believe it, then this should not be your only night in a place like this. This should be everything for us. The hope of all the world, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices not just on Christmas, but throughout the year. Or do you not believe? Are you in a place of questioning, of wonder, of skepticism, of hurt, of not being sure? And so tonight I beg you, I encourage you, I, 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 I entreat you, explore this person of Jesus, this one who is inviting you, this one who is saying, don't, don't just have a one-time winter festival for me, but let me enter into your life in profoundly powerful ways. Did God enter into our world? Did he enter into that tomb and come out of it as well? That's what I beg you to consider. Talk with someone who can help you ask the questions you need to ask. Perhaps someone brought you here tonight and you went because it's like family time. You don't want to make mom upset, right? I get that. But maybe, maybe something else is going on as well. That God himself has drawn you to this place and used your mom to do it. Would you listen to what he's saying? He wants He wants your hurt and pain. He wants your joys. He wants everything. So Jesus has to be either everything or nothing. But he cannot be just part of some mediocre devotion to Jesus. There is no such thing. Either God has entered into the world to redeem us or he has not. But we must come to this place and I pray that you will know this thrill of hope, that you will be able to rejoice this night as you put your faith and love in Jesus and how all of the rejoicing in all of these songs will be truly yours this evening. Tonight, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn because Emmanuel, God is with us in Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Lord, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us through your reading, through the songs that you've given to people, through through the sacrament of communion we're going to share together tonight, through through our family celebrations, through, through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, reveal yourself to us. For those who believe, strengthen their faith. For those who are hurting, bring healing. For those who are in despair, bring hope. For those who know you bring great joy. And for those who do not yet know you, Lord, let them know your compassion. Let them know your real presence with them. Let them know your hunger for them and your love for them and your longing for them to come to know this new life of great joy in you as they repent and believe and belong to you. Lord, be made manifest in our midst. Emmanuel, we pray. Be with us this night. In Jesus' name, amen.